Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And I'm Nico Bakulich. And let's get biblical. You know what? That's just crazy enough to work. We gotta say a couple things first, such as, I'm the ex-Christian, I was raised Presbyterian, I am now an atheist. And I'm the scat man. beep ba ba da ba da boo beep I'm also the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not appropriate for children because we do a bunch of cussing. Um, if you're, like, curious about Bible versions because you're a nerd, mm-hmm. I'm reading the New International Version of the Bible, or NIV. And I'm reading the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And today we are talking about the Book of Ephesians, Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians. Yeah, it's uh, a famous book. We're back in the real canonical Bible. Yeah, I mean, compared to the other stuff we've been doing. We're not talking about wacky burnings or wacky killings. Mm -mm. Um, This is what the church wants you to read. Yeah. Less wacky violence Mm -hmm. and more theology. Mm. So everybody's psyched about that, right? Mm, Right. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) Some people are very psyched about that. (laughs) Do you want to hear some fast facts? Well, I'd be lying if I said no, because I would love to. Oh, baby, you're so sweet. I know. Um, so this is the the Pauline Epistle to the Ephesians, uh, meaning it's an open letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, which is in present-day Turkey. Mm. However, unlike the previous Pauline Epistles that we have covered... On this podcast. Mm-hmm. This one probably... To great acclaim, if I do say so myself. <laughs> this one probably actually wasn't written by Paul. <gasps> what? And it might not even have been addressed to the Ephesians originally. What? Yeah. So kind of the only good thing about these Pauline epistles that we've been reading is that they're like the only authentic historical documents in the Bible. Mm. And uh, now we've lost that. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be... Oh, I guess it's not authentic if you say it's by somebody else, right? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell that it's not actually written by Paul because it's not super fucking whiny. It's true. It's true. Um, but it probably was written by somebody who was a fan of Paul. Studied with the wine master himself. <laughs> and uh, the winophile. Mm-hmm. And and wanted to I elaborate. It's enophile. <laughs> wanted to elaborate on Paul's dumb ideas and stuff. Um, we will treat it as if it were written by Paul, because that's the role that it has played in Christianity for many centuries. Um, he supposedly wrote it while he was in jail in Rome. So just he never went to jail in Rome, or in like house arrest in Rome. Hmm. Um, when they put him up at that cozy villa, yeah, as we talked about, yeah. just a couple metro stops outside the city center. Exactly. Lovely, lovely this time of year. So pretend that he's in his Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you may remember what happened when Paul was in Ephesus in the book of Acts. He was a very busy Bible boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he baptized the church there in the Holy Spirit, uh, not just with water. He, but he opened up his mouth real wide, and that Holy Spirit shot out of it <laughs> like a fucking cyclops laser beam. I mean, kind of, because then they all start speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. He blasted some demons out of people's bodies. <laughs> yes, 
he uh, got a bunch of sorcerers to burn their magic scrolls. Which is, a, frankly, a great loss to history. We need I those know. magic scrolls. I know. We can scrolls. use those magic scrolls right now. <laughs> what, do you think once Christianity takes over everything and fucking black magic is outlawed, now... Only bad guys have black magic. <laughs> you need good guys with black magic to combat bad guys with black magic. I was going to say global warming. Oh. I mean, we could use some fucking sorcery. Oh, yeah, that's true. We too. need some, like, weathermancers or something. Um, also, the bustling silversmith industry in Ephesus mm-hmm. uh, rioted because their main source of income was making <laughs> Idols. S- silver shrines to Artemis. And if everyone started following the new... Y'all need to diversify. Yeah, if, <laughs> yeah that's if you, true. If you ever end up in industry... Figure out a way to make Christian silver stuff. That's Shouldn't not that, that complicated, hard. right? Yeah. Um, or promote silver's natural antimicrobial characteristics or yeah, something. 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 Don't blame it on Paul. Don't blame it on Jesus, hmm. our Lord and Savior. That you're dangerously overexposed in, to a single industry failing. Yeah, I mean, like, fucking diversify your portfolio. It was in one of my Bible's footnotes in the book of Ecclesiastes. That's a good so point. get on it. Yep. Silversmiths of Ephesus in the year 50 AD. Mm-hmm. They deserve that. Thank you for calling them out. Yeah, you're welcome. At least one podcast has <laughs> the, the ovaries to do this. Yeah, you don't hear Marin saying a fucking word about it. <laughs> okay, chapter one. Uh, chapter one is interesting. It's... Uh, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's an interesting way. So when you said that this is probably not written by Paul, uh-huh. it actually did ring some bells for me because... When it's, this starts, it's a very, uh, it's a very mystical writer, you know, who's who starts the starts the letter with not only a salutation as all the letters have, but with a, a very sincere and wide ranging prayer. Um, I just want to say, mm-hmm. the earliest manuscripts of this book do not have the salutation, oh. and that's one of the clues that it probably wasn't written by Paul. I see. He yeah. is, I mean, he's good with the salutations. Yeah, he, this man loves the salutation. But he likes to work little digs into the salutations yes, as well. Yes, that's true. Sal- Which this didn't have. A salutation is what I call it. A salutation. Because mm-hmm. it's tasty and healthy. And it's the start of the thing. Yeah. It's before the main stuff. Um, unless you're in Europe or something. Um, but in this one, it starts very, very open hearted and honest and talking about the loving God and the spiritual growth of everybody. And I'm like, this is not what I mean. Well, it's also interesting because it's largely it uses the word like predestination several times. Hmm? Um, and it talks about like being chosen by God um, to be in the church and and worship Jesus and go to heaven. That's uh, something Presbyterians believe in. Hmm. But I didn't know that when I was a Presbyterian, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a great point. Yeah. A great use welcome. of everybody's time. You're welcome. Um, but obviously, from the very beginning, we know we're not talking about that sourpuss Paul. Yeah. Because Paul only writes letters to condemn people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one starts off, at least, not to be a condemnation of anybody. It's just like, hey. Let's, we're all going to heaven. Let's pray together. Let's like just talk about, you know, how great it is that we were chosen by Christ to be his messengers on earth. And um, he uses the term heavenly realms mm-hmm. in the first sentence, which he will use several times throughout the book. Um, and I think that's that's kind of a shift even from Paul, who, as a Pharisee, I think still believed like not in the immediate heaven, hell right after you die, but 
the Jewish version of Judgment Day where... Which is like an eternal life in God. Well, it's like at the end of time, yeah, yeah. God will sort the wicked from the righteous, whatever. Yeah. Um, but here he's he's pretty clearly talking about the more uh, modern Christian conception of heaven. Um, and then he starts talking about how like we all... Used to be sin dumpsters. Yeah. But now Jesus saved us from our sins. Specifically, he says, you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air. The The power of the air. That's like the airbender, the last airbender. Yeah. I mean, it also sounds, reminds me a little bit of Robo Bible, to be frank. (laughs) The power, the ruler of the power of the air. That construction is like exactly out of the Robo Bible. Um, It's funny that I'm like more familiar with our Robo Bible than I am with significant swaths of the New Testament. Some seems perfectly natural to me. Well, it is natural. Natural language processing, that is. Sure. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an ad for natural language processing. <laughs> we made negative um, 50 cents <laughs> from it. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But of course, eventually they found Jesus the Christ. Yeah. Uh, and he says that God gave us Jesus so that we could go to heaven, uh, uh, quote, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So basically, like, God saves us from hell to show how nice he is. Who is he trying to impress? God, you mean? Yeah, like there's no one. He's the most powerful person. Like there's no one to impress with how nice he is. Well, for but saving first people. God was alone, and then he had wisdom, and then after he had wisdom, but also like Jesus was there. Maybe I guess, but if <laughs> Jesus was there, yeah, then why did he create man? Well, Christian theology says Jesus was there, but it's, I mean, why create man and then like? let them get sick just to, to give jesus something to do get jesus out of the house for a little while i mean that's kind of what it's saying here mm. um and then spending well, eternity living in the same place with your son i mean <laughs> failure to launch millennial jesus <laughs> i mean isn't the millennial thing also predicting the return of jesus oh yeah millenarians mm. yeah yeah there you go full circle <laughs> <laughs> in a way um a little lopsided but it's okay this uh this fake paul repeats the real Paul's idea that, uh, quote, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Right. But apparently this is all specifically so that God can boast to someone. The other gods in the next galaxy or the to Hindu Molech gods or, or whoever. Yeah, yeah, Satan, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, confusingly, the next sentence, immediately after he explicitly says that you're saved by faith, not works, he says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right. So you're not saved by works, but you were created to and saved works. in order to do good works. Predestined for you. It's a little half-baked. Uh, another way you can tell this isn't really Paul is that he doesn't hate circumcision nearly enough. Mm-hmm. And he can say the word circumcision without starting to froth with rage. Right, and getting froth all over the page. Yeah. 
and then apologizing being like parentheses look at how much froth is upon my page <laughs> i wrote it with my little kid handwriting mm-hmm. um so this this author says that like uncircumcised gentiles used to be foreigners and they didn't know about the one true god but now that Jesus came, uh, Gentiles can be saved too, and not just Jews. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isn't that great? That's so great. When you say it like that, how could anybody not be into that? Again, this is supposed to be by him in, by Paul in in jail in Rome. Mm-hmm. And so chapter three is like, I, Paul, the real and IRL Paul... I'm locked up in a very true and actual jail in Rome. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. Um, but it's cool because I'm doing it for Jesus and God. And so don't worry about my sufferings. Yeah, he does throw in a a little bit of a Pauline humble brag. Yeah, humble brag. Exactly. Where he says, I pray, therefore, that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are your glory. Um, and then he's like, and God and Jesus are really great because like, they gave me a revelation on the road to Damascus and they took us all together and made us one body in the church and that's awesome. Um, Even though works are irrelevant in terms of going to heaven, mm-hmm. this pseudo-Paul still tells the Ephesians to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Yes. So that's like the nice stuff that you do. You do find that in the authentic Pauline epistles uh-huh. wedged in between the rants about circumcision. Paul, this doesn't have the rhetorical style of Paul. Yeah. Where he brings you low, builds you back up, and then brings you low again. Yeah. <laughs> this has just the nice stuff mainly. Yeah. Um, some other Some other verses here are get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as christ god forgave you but then Uh, he turns right around on these gentiles and he's like (laughs) you got to stop living like gentiles wait he does oh yeah he says now this i affirm and insist on in the lord you must no longer live as the gentiles live in the futility of their minds they are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of god because of their ignorance and hardness of heart been a while since we talked about how hard heart hard hearts can be yeah that's true also Pauline, um like a genuine pauline epistle would never insult gentiles this way <laughs> i agree they have all lost sensitivity and have abandoned themselves to licentiousness greedy to practice every kind of impurity well who wouldn't be i mean if it's all on the table honestly uh that is not the way you learned christ exclamation point he also says uh don't lie <laughs> and Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. This has apparently been a cliche for literally thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Don't go to bed angry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing is that this book talks a lot about unity and togetherness and being one body in the church Mm -hmm. over and over, which I think... If it were really Paul, like Paul is all about, if you don't believe in my version of Christianity, I'll fucking fight you. Also, all, Peter. Of, the, all of the other epistles have been about like laser focused on one uh, one church. Yes. And being like, hey, I hear what you're up to. 
you know, with all of this, don't do this. Let me tell you why. Be like your brothers in Macedonia who fucking did drank whatever. their own piss. Drank because, their own piss? I don't know. Baby. That's an extreme. I think I need to explain communion to you another time because you don't seem to have. Uh, I think I got it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I checked. I really like the verse. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And that's just a really great, clear metaphor. Like when <laughs> I think of an infant, I definitely think of the infant like just in the ocean drowning, you know, just where like the archetypical infant. So worst case scenario, your infant's out there getting battered by the waves. Yeah, or just like blowing on the streets, you know, like a tumbleweed. <laughs> like it's been a dry season, you know, you got to watch out for those babies blowing down the street. Mm -hmm. They can get really big. They can get you big. Know, it's like imagine like a three foot diameter infant just like fucking blasting down the street. How big, <laughs> would it be? Would it be more fucked up if it was like crying or if it was completely silent? <laughs> <laughs> a three foot diameter baby. No, diameter. Blowing, rolling, what, rolling down. Humans traditionally street. not measured in diameter. Well, so I'm I, talking about. This, this is a round baby? Yeah, this is. Or is it just spinning so quickly it appears round? <laughs> That's a good question. You'll have to ask Pseudo Paul. He's the one who came up with this, not me. The important thing is don't let your babies go in the ocean. <laughs> they don't belong there. <laughs> Despite what you may have read in the Bible. <laughs> the quote unquote Bible. Uh, now we're going to get into the really square stuff for dweebs. Mm -hmm. uh, no sexual immorality, Ooh. no impurity. Uh, he forbids obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking. <laughs> and also says do not get drunk on wine. So probably not a fan of this particular show. <laughs> I did have a note here to say, what about it, Lauren? What? <laughs> what? Me? Oh, this is my fault now? Um, and then, of course, we're going to get into the fucking. I also had to note here, Lauren. <laughs> Wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the savior. Yes. So wives should submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. Which, uh, Okay. Well, the flip can we break side, that down? we can't we can't break that down at all for a second. I mean, yes, because no, we need to. The church's relationship to Christ, right, is a very complicated one. Right. So the flip side is supposed to be that like husbands need to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Um. So it's like not supposed to be like you know women are property and they just exist to get pregnant and whatever. Um. However, <laughs> this is something. Well, first of all, my Bible's footnotes tie themselves in fucking knots trying mm -hmm. to explain this and how it's not actually sexist. Sure. Um, and it's like they use the term mutual submission. Wow. That's kinky. This is actually it's a very the rare common, double sub relationship. It's a like very common term that you hear more conservative Christians use when they're talking about this verse. And it's supposed to be like, you know. Well, it creates like a harmonious and loving relationship. You know, it's like not supposed to be hierarchical. Um, and it's just like women submit to their husbands, but the husbands are like loving and like take, you know, take their 
wives seriously and like respect them and love them. So it's like not actually sex is just actually mutually beneficial. But the way the text describes it in the same way, quote, husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own body, yeah. but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it just as Christ does for the church. I, I'm really like, it's so interesting to me that 2000 years ago you could write, no, no one, one ever, ever hated hates his, his own, own body. body, you know, because like, I don't like everybody hates their own body. I'd say like solid 70 plus percent of people hate their own I, body. Like most people, I, I assume that's like the default mm-hmm. now that people hate their own bodies. Um, Also, of course... I mean, this whole theology is based on the idea that Christ is God and he saves us through infinite grace that's incomprehensible to humans and that humans don't actually deserve. Okay. Right. So this was just laid out like two pages ago. Sure. So if you're saying that wives are supposed to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ, you're saying that women like don't deserve to be respected or loved, but... Right, you respect their... You... Men do it anyway to imitate Jesus's infinite love. I see, yeah. And then B, you're also saying, like, if the distance between God and men <laughs> is so vast that we can never deserve or even understand his love, uh-huh. but he gives it to us anyway, that's, like, approximately the same distance between men and women. Right. You know, so it's not like God and then one rung down angels and then like 50 rungs down humans and Mm -hmm. then like maybe like one rung down is women you know it's like god 50 rungs men 50 rungs women and like what's in all those middle rungs i don't know lots of exciting animals i mean actually my my bible's footnotes actually did have a uh a thing where they were like people back in those days didn't just believe in angels and demons they believed in a lot of supernatural creatures (laughs) and i was like sure they did tell me more but they didn't so my point is, even if you could theoretically accept that, like, women submit to men, but, like, men are super, like, loving toward women, uh-huh. so it, like, creates a perfect harmony. Like, if you can accept that in theory, well, fucking guess what? It never works that way in practice, you know? In church after church after church across the country, it's just women being told that men know better and men get to decide everything and women just have to accept that even when it's like you know you're fucking 15 and this guy raped you and now you have to marry him mm-hmm. which happens not uncommonly in the United States in 2017 you know mm-hmm. if you don't believe me that this is bullshit mm-hmm. consider that the next section is the exact same thing but about how slaves should obey their masters as they would obey Jesus Christ. I did. And slave masters should treat their slaves with love like Jesus would. Yeah, I did make a note of that. It's It makes the comparison very direct. Yes. So if you don't buy that slavery is good, then you shouldn't buy the idea that women need to be submissive to their husbands based on this text. Although I'm sure that when we had slavery in the U.S. that this verse was used. I mean, I don't know like i haven't researched it or anything but it must oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean i can't remember anything directly from the gospels about slavery there was some stuff where he was talking about i feel like there may have been a parable or two that mentioned masters and slaves i think i think they mostly mentioned like masters and employees Mm. but those terms might not be as distinct that's a good point as they are that's a good point 
Anyway, one more thing I wanted to say about the husbands and wives. Of course, you're you're absolutely right that the entire yeah, I know. the entire premise is negated by putting it right next to masters and slaves. <laughs> I, 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 it's negated by a lot of things, but yeah. But I mean, the premise of like applying it to modern life, and it's like it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing about it is just the, the words that they choose are very strange because the how the church is subject to Christ, even in the letters and everything that we have from immediately after Jesus's death, mm-hmm. they're already reinterpreting and re, yeah, redesigning That's sort of true. his message. So, what respect do they owe him? I mean, like obviously, they believe he's like the living God, uh-huh. but his teachings are not necessarily always going to be number one on the on the call sheet. For these, for the people who are writing the Bible. Yeah. And yeah. for the people like running the church. Yeah. I mean, at least as far as we know. What I'm trying to say is using the example of the church respecting Jesus uh-huh. as like the ultimate example of respect when sometimes they seem to like. When they like really hijack his message and change it to what they want it to be. Yes. Yeah. I don't think that's the the paragon mm. of, of respectful behavior. Interesting. Considering he came to earth to like teach this message supposedly among other things yeah. or whatever i don't or know whatever. see i don't know i don't know i just like the respect yeah i'm not feeling the love <laughs> you know that's that's interesting because clearly they think i mean everybody who's writing about jesus during this time period and probably like for the majority of like time ever mm-hmm. believes that they're respecting and honoring jesus and like doing what what jesus would want them to do but you're absolutely right that they're not <laughs> You know, sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. And again, we have no idea about the historical sense of that. But just I mean, we have like some ideas, but not super good ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super heavily researched, but just in terms of what we read in the Gospels. That's what I was compared to. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so now we get to the fucking all time Sunday school favorite. The armor of God. I was going to say this part is actually really good. Okay, let me read it. Hang on. I got to find it. Therefore. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. This is the ultimate Sunday school verse that every fucking child has to memorize. Mm. And you always have to color in the fucking coloring sheet as a child. <laughs> with somebody wearing the With armor all of God. the fucking armor. Mm. Probably like half of our listeners are having trauma flashbacks to the fucking felt board. <laughs> Have, do you You're looking about, at me like I'm getting it too, but I'm not. Do you know about felt boards? I understand what the concept of a felt board. Have you experienced them in real life? Well, maybe when I was a young child, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that, that's like the main deal of Sunday school. It's <laughs> <laughs> felt boards? Yeah. You have the fucking... Breastplate of righteousness, and then you like add it, and then you have like the sword of the spirit, and then you add it, and it's like, oh shit, like this guy's a fucking warrior made of felt, and you're like five years old, and you think it's really cool. This is probably the inspiration for numerous Christian Bible video games. 
I don't know anything about Christian Bible video games, but I would love to learn more. And yeah. I would love to attack my enemies with the sword of the spirit. That's what I'm saying. It's, it just writes itself, you know? And then you got to like, first you find the fucking breastplate of justice. Uh, righteousness. Righteousness or whatever. Please. Is that what it was called in the Old Testament? No, there was another, there was like a similar version of this. And when we got to it, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, that verse that we fucking did on the felt board like every day. <laughs> and then I was like, but it's kind of different. And this Well, is... that one was about, that one was about like metaphorical armor, like spiritual armor, but it was also about what you should actually wear. If you're like the, what the high priest should actually wear. Right, 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 right. actually wore a breastplate of justice. Right. And it had special pockets for Thumim and Umim. Urim, Urim, The magical dice. Yeah, the magical dice. Yeah, there's no magical dice here, unfortunately. But you do have the shield of... Oh, shit, what's the shield? Shield of faith. Shield of faith, of course. Of course. Those are the... I think those are the three main ones that get highlighted as the shield of faith. I've played D&D before. Come on. Breastplate of Righteousness and the Sword of the Spirit. Those are the ones that I remember most vividly. Your shield of faith is an actual spell in D&D. Oh, is it? That's fucking from this. Fucking Gary Gygax probably was stuck in Sunday school because you learn this like every single year. Mm. It's like multiple times, per, at least twice per year, you got to do the fucking felt board with the Breastplate of Righteousness. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's the book of Ephesians, and uh, we'll take a break. What are we going to do after the break? We'll figure it out. Yeah, we got serious plans. We have no serious plans. You're going to find out in a minute. Bye. Bye. Just walk on out of your darling. Oh, flame. My fool. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. And I'm Lauren. And you just heard a little clip there from a record by a very talented singer-songwriter named Elisa Sun. And let me tell you a bit of trivia about that record. This boy played on it. Fun facts. Nico is the bassist on that record. If you want to figure out more about it, like how or whether you want to buy it. You do. Hint. You can do so at elisasun.com. That's E-L-L-I-S-A-S-U-N.com. The record is called Moon and Sun. It's pretty good. I mean, I'd say it's actually get very it, good. It's like Elisa Sun, Moon and Sun. Get it? 
I'm pretty proud of the work I did on it. So peep it, please. And it's real good. I say this. This is a classic scenario in my life is that like I invite people to see my boyfriend's band and then they're like, oh, yeah, your boyfriend's band. And then they come and they're like, oh, he's actually good. So go listen to it. It's actually good. One of the most flattering things anybody has ever said about me. <laughs> uh, speaking of music. Which we were doing. We were talking last week in, in our letters section, our mailbag section, mm-hmm. um, about worship Bands in youth groups and um, whether singing is good or bad Christian rock and how uh, sometimes Christian rock songs sound exactly like regular rock songs, except like the beloved that they're singing to is Jesus. So we've decided to try a new segment called Pop Theology, where we talk about radio hits that are secretly Christian. That's right. Did you know, and this is a classic did you know segment, but did you know many of your favorite classic popular music hits are in fact Christian? I mean, not many, but a few. Literally some of your favorite popular music songs. Literally tens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Now, I wanted to play clips of the songs, but... Nico said that was illegal. That's right. I spent nine years at law school. <laughs> I don't think that was an accredited institution. It was. Okay. Um, I it... wasn't studying law there, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, so instead, I'm just going to have to sing them. Uh, so if it's too perfect for you, then you can hit the fucking door. So my first song that you have heard on the radio that you didn't know was about Jesus, but it's definitely about Jesus, Mm -hmm. is Hanging by a Moment by the band Lifehouse. Okay. Have I heard that on the radio? Uh, Yeah. It was like the most overplayed song the year it came out, which was like 2001 or something. Mm. Uh, And it goes a little something like this. Okay. Desperate for changing. Starving for truth, closer to where I started, chasing after you, I'm falling even more in love with you. Oh, I have heard Letting this. Letting go of all oh, okay. I've held on to, okay. I'm standing here until you make me move, I'm hanging by a moment here with you. Nice, nice yeah, flavor at the good, end. Right? That, you just so, recorded your first number one hit. Yeah, that way. I'm, I'm in. Um, you may have thought that was, you know, about a lady, or maybe even a gentleman. Mm-hmm. But it was actually about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you saying that Jesus Christ was not a gentleman? <laughs> I mean, he was. He was the gentlest of men. He wasn't like landed gentry. Like <laughs> he was poor. Um, but he, he had a trade. <laughs> maybe. His father had a trade. I see. Anyway, uh, here's a uh, a quote from the lead singer whose name I don't know because it doesn't matter. And he says, my ultimate goal in writing songs is to connect with people. In the lyrics, you don't tell the whole picture. You give a road to start on that people can relate to. It's never good to tell the whole picture. We're honest, nice guys 
And I hope that comes across in everything we do. Mm -hmm. It just hides little Jesus in there. Mm -hmm. It's like when you eat a meatball, but Mm -hmm. it actually has like shredded zucchini in it. And you didn't know. (laughs) Now. I've been editing a lot of cookbooks Can I pause for a second and say, (laughs) in what scenario would you be eating a meatball and find a zucchini in it? Every fucking cookbook that I've ever edited has a recipe for meatballs and there's like vegetables in it and it's like. Your kids won't notice that there's vegetables. <laughs> so that's what this song is and what all Christian rock is. Uh, I have another... All Christian rock is meatballs with zucchinis. Yeah. In it. I have another song for you. Well, okay. Well, this is still Did You Know? Because like, did you know that this popular hit that you would recognize, hopefully? Yeah. Also is about it's our about Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this one is... Are You Gonna Go My Way? What? By Lenny Kravitz. Really? Now, this is probably his third biggest hit after American Woman and Fly, Fly. Away. Yeah. Like, um, just like a dragonfly from what I yeah, remember. Just like a dragonfly up in the sky above so high or whatever. Just like a dragonfly. Yeah. Uh, despite having a father named Cy Kravitz, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, and also despite being named Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> He's a devout Christian. Mm, I didn't know that. Um, and, uh, this song. Is that funny to you? Well, it's This is not a mean-spirited podcast, Lauren. It's funny in the context of this song. Okay. okay. Because this song is like, the 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 chorus like that you might recognize is like, he does like a little spoken intro, right? So it's like, but what I really want to know is... Are you gonna go my way? And it's like it's like a shit kicking, like it's like, it's like a throwback, like who's who style, yeah, yeah, guitar lick, but the like lyrics are like, I was born long ago, I am the chosen, I'm the one, and it's like from the perspective of Jesus. Oh, good. That's always a good choice. And it's like, are you going to go my way? Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, my God. Yes. Really? Yes. Literally. This is like literally true. So, um, I mean, I think he really illuminated Jesus' psyche here. It's good. It's It takes a talented a talented bard, a real wordsmith like yeah. that Leonard Kravitz. Yes. Thank God somebody has gotten us Thank in God. the head of Jesus also, like, have you seen himself. Have you seen the video for that song? No, of course you haven't. I thought you were going to say the one where his pants ripped. You're not. Well, okay. No, but it's kind of like that because in the video <laughs> for this song, he's wearing a floor length dress. Okay. And he's got like big dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's wearing like a red gown. And he's like, I'm Jesus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like pretty groundbreaking, I would say. I would say that too. Yeah. Um, so you were also assigned to come up with some of these songs. Yeah, I did some hard hitting research. Okay. I plumbed the depths of popular musicdom. Oh, wow. And I've, my baby's a journalist. That's right. I've cracked open that history case and I've got a couple of hits for you. All right. Hit me with them. All right. First one, we're flashing back the year 2012. That's not really that long ago. The song, a little a little number by a songstress by the name of uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen? That's right. The song is Call Me Maybe. Okay. Right. That was definitely the song of the summer, 2012. I remember it very well. 
so let me just run down some of the lyrics with you. Okay. okay. I threw a wish in the well. Don't ask me and I'll never tell. Okay. So this is this is a story about salvation, okay? This is a story about a person's journey to righteousness. Uh Yes, yeah, I can definitely see and that. And salvation is a private journey, okay? And it starts with a single wish. Oh, because you don't you don't tell anybody. That's right. That Jesus did say, like, don't brag, don't pray in public. That's right. No boasting. Yeah. As Paul is so fond of and telling pseudo-Paul, us. And pseudo-Paul, both. I looked at you as it fell, now you're in my way. So one thing I remember from when I was a child, uh-huh. I was told to make stories personal to try to make them relatable. Okay, that's that was very MFA of your childhood. <laughs> no, what I was going to say was, when I was young, and we went to the Legion of Fine Arts Palace, Palace of the Legion of Fine Arts. Yeah, is that sure. How it said? Whatever it is. I've been there. I swear to God. It's since in San Francisco. Since I'm in San Francisco. There's a big. Oh, uh, duck- Chelsea Peretti did her special there. She did. Uh, there's a big. Whatever it is. There's a big duck pond outside. Oh. And when I was very young, like quite young, like four years old or something, mm-hmm. um, I was running around like a young child does, mm-hmm. and I ran directly in. I was looking one way. I run in the other, and I ran directly into that duck pond. Oh no! And I, f- I fell down in the duck pond. Oh no! And it's about a foot and a half deep. That's um, a lot for a four-year-old. It's a lot for a four-year-old. And my, my father bravely rushed in and and yanked me out of that duck pond. <laughs> and that was the day that I learned to always look in the same direction that you're running. Okay. But what I'm and this s- has to do with Carly Rae Jepsen because it has to do with this because. I looked at you as it fell, and now you're in my way. So when you look at something, mm-hmm. you're always going to be drawn towards it. Okay, so if you look towards yes. look towards God, yeah, He'll be in your way. He'll be in your way, no matter where you go. He'll be the way, mm-hmm. like Lenny Kravitz said. Now Carly Rae, she says, "Penny and dimes for a kiss." I wasn't looking for this. Okay. Now Jesus embraced even the tax collectors. That's that's true. He embraced. The tax collectors, they were his disciples, even. But now you're in my way, she says. Mm-hmm. Now you're in my way. Now you're in the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. Your stare was holding. Ripped jeans. Skin was showing. <laughs> That's like Jesus on the cross, obviously. That's right. Obviously. Tattered clothes. Hot night. Wind was blowing. Uh, I mean, it's... Okay, look, I've been to Israel. Mm-hmm. It was fucking hot. It was so fucking hot. I, there wasn't really a breeze when I was there, but I'm sure there is at sometimes. And so she goes on, hey, I just met you, but this is crazy. Uh-huh. Here's my number, so call me maybe. Uh-huh. Now. Now. In the, the moment of, of now. love at first sight, okay? <laughs> it's It's just an allegory for faith, you oh. know, for like the moment of conversion. Paul, Saul, of course, was struck off his horse outside of Damascus. Yeah, he was. Converted in an instant. Yeah. Well, converted in a few days at least. Yeah. Well, the process was started. Anyways. Yeah, the process was started in an instant. And what's her number? Six, of course. The number of man. The number of man? <laughs> so, so to call her on the phone, mm-hmm. Jesus merely needs to type six. Uh, It's a metaphor, my dear. Oh, but I'm sorry. You should know her by her number, which is six. One short of the completeness of the number seven. Of course. The number of God. Right. Everyone knows that. Anyway, all the other boys are out there chasing her. You know, Molech, Baal, Dagon. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all boys. But she gave 
her number to one. Uh-huh. And that's L. Oh. L. The high one above yeah. all. Yeah. Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Jehovah. <laughs> um, did you do did you do a second song like you were assigned to? I think my point is made on that song. Absolutely. I think you I think you get it. But everyone This next one is a little obtuse. Oh, okay. Okay. And of course, no. Did I technically find anything that backs up the fact that these are songs about uh, religion or the Bible? No. Does that mean that I'm wrong? No. Absolutely not. Because once you put art into the public realm, every interpretation is valid. And once you believe in Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and um, his eternal grace, you see him everywhere. That's right. But we're not just talking about Jesus here. Okay. We're going all the way back. We're going all the way back. Because I'm and we're going all the way back. To the swing in 90s, baby. Okay. Because we're talking about Marcy Playground's huge hit, <laughs> Sex and Candy. Okay. Okay, yes. Now, let me give This you... is definitely a biblically inspired uh, tune. Look, I wouldn't have believed it myself until I did the research. Okay. okay I put in the hours on this. All right. You, you got to know that. Uh-huh. Anyway, here's some of the lyrics. Let me break it down for you, Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Hanging around yes. downtown by myself, mm-hmm. and I had so much time to sit and think about myself, and then there she was. Like double cherry pie, yeah, there she was. Like okay. disco superfly. Yes. I smell sex and candy here. Who's that lounging in my chair? Mm-hmm. Who's that casting devious Who stares in my direction? Who is that? This surely is a dream. Who? did done that so this is so simple once you look at it. okay okay i'm i am but a, a student in christ awaiting your instruction this is nothing less than the history of the jewish people in the old testament okay. condensed into a simple easy to comprehend story okay okay we begin as all great stories do in mm-hmm. the garden of eden yes indeed before the other people of the world came to exist it was all adam could do but hang around by himself mm-hmm. And think about himself. That's true. And like the animals, which he named. Since Adam was made in God's image, that was frankly all God was up to at the time as well. That was the, the, the biggest thing, yeah. But then, uh-huh. also like all great stories, uh-huh. a dame enters the picture. Oh, dangerous dame. In this case, it's both Eve for yes. Adam yes. and for God himself, Wisdom, his oh. first companion, oh, yeah. who emerges Eve, the second human and mother of the human race. Now, that's what I would call disco superfly. <laughs> yep, that's uh, who could contest that, biblically speaking? Nobody. And the title line, sex and candy. Now, what do you think of when you think of sex and candy? Um, Shut up. These are the two elements of the greatest covenants that God made with the Jews of the Old Testament. They are. Sex, yes. innumerable offspring. And- yep. As numerous as the grains of sand on the beach, and candy, the material rewards of a life lived serving the Lord. That's the freshest flocks, the <laughs> nicest tents, breastplates of justice from the left all the way on to the right. Those are candy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, manna from heaven. That's a good one, too. That's candy. The Old Testament wasn't all foreskins and sheepskins, I say. No. It was also manna skins. Mm-hmm. Candy skins. The, the historical books focused on the darkest times of the Jewish kingdom when brother slew brother in <laughs> seeking power. Who's that lounging in my chair, the writer asks, evoking the jealousy and power hunger of 
every usurper to be in the Holy Land. That's true. Like, who's that lounging adventure? That's like a very common refrain, like throughout the books of Kings, Chronicles, Judges, probably too. The paranoia is infectious and yes. dangerous. Who's that casting devious stares in my direction? <sighs> probably Athalia. Probably. She and in- killed her own nephew or something. Yeah, poison or something. Something. Indeed, if the Bible is to be believed, it was all a dream. Spiritually speaking, of course, uh, at least in the sense that a dream is a prelude to a day. And the yep, Old that's Testament the definition of a dream. was the prelude to the coming of a true Messiah to lead the Jewish people to the foot of God's throne. Of course. Of course. So I hope you can see why I'm right. And that's the way it is. <laughs> yep. That's um, all 100%. Biblically accurate, and I sang that all in uh, youth group worship band. Great song. Great song. Anyway, what that's... About, uh, what about Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry? Do you got one for that? <laughs> yes, but that'll have to wait for another edition <sighs> of Pop Theology. Alas. But the fun doesn't end there, Bapo. What? what? No, because even though Paul, in his finite wisdom... <laughs> Decided to leave us with a real dud of an epistle this week <laughs> by not writing one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I don't know. I kind of like this one better, but... Eh, well, whatever. We'll get to that. Regardless, we're not going to pass on that surfeit of content to our... Surfeit means too much. Really? Yeah. Damn. Am I fired? You might be fired. Well, I'll have to check later. I'll anyway. have to check with my higher-ups. And they said, you're fired. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> anyway, what I'm trying to say is that there's we got, we got more. We got more. That's right. We got a quiz. And I tell you what about this quiz. Uh-huh. It's going to be the best damn quiz you ever took. I, I'm ready for it. Because, I, Lauren, I hope you are ready to talk about famous Pauls. I'm always ready to be quizzed on anything, at whatever the subject is. I don't care if it's entertaining to our listeners. I'm like, quiz me. Fucking <laughs> quiz me yeah (laughs) harder i don't see how that couldn't be entertaining so let's talk about let's talk about some famous pauls you ready yeah i'm ready question one christopher emmanuel paul is a professional american athlete he attended wake forest university and has earned rookie of the year in a sport nine all-star team appearances and two gold medals whoa what sport does he play i have no idea so i'm gonna just go out on a limb and say beach volleyball. Chris Paul is an American basketball player. Oh. He plays in the National Basketball Association. Oh no. He's a big he's a big deal. Oh shit. <laughs> My brother's gonna listen to this and be like, you idiot. It's good. It was designed to embarrass you. Oh so. great. Thanks. Thanks, baby. Anytime. Question two. Uh-huh. Paul, son of Peter, was a distinguished Transylvanian nobleman who served as voivode between 1221 and 1222. Whoa. Before he was voivode, he was the Ispan of Shanad County. Okay. Uh, spelled C-S-A-N-A with an accent, D. Shanad. Apologies for my pronunciation. All of our Transylvanian listeners. What modern day country is that county in? I mean, the obvious answer is Romania, but maybe this is a trick question. 
but I'm just going to go with Romania. You're absolutely right. Hell yeah. I don't know about sports, but I do know about vampires. <laughs> there are no vampires there, my dear. That's just a racist myth. Oh, shit. I don't know about sports, but I am racist. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, it's time to talk about folk music. Everybody's second favorite form of music. (laughs) Paul of Peter, Paul, and Mary, a.k.a. Noel Paul Stuckey, is apparently an avowed born-again Christian. Oh, shit. His best-known composition is The Wedding Song, parentheses, There is Love. It charted in 1971 and remains popular for performances during wedding services. shit. Stuckey assigned the copyright to this song to the Public Domain Foundation. That's not related to the uh, quiz, but I just thought it was a nice thing. Oh, that's good for him. Good for him. Rather than those awful people that held on to the copyright for Happy Birthday. That's like not even valid. Undeal- un- Look it up. Well, it's not valid now because they're both dead. But I mean, like Warner Brothers, like holds on to it or whatever, and it's not even valid. Well, it was two individual. You know, anyway. Watch that's- the documentary. <laughs> okay. The yeah. actual question. Yeah. Name any... Of Peter, Paul, and Mary's songs that have charted in the top five in the U.S. Lemon Tree. Give me another try. Fuck. Um, charted in the top five. Puff the Magic Dragon. Bam, you got it. Yeah! I've been to Hanalee, baby. Oh, congratulations. It's in Hawaii. <laughs> I know. I was with my family and I was like 12 years old, so I didn't do any puffing or magic or dragons. Good. Dragon will fucking kill you. All right, it's time to leave that hemisphere and troop on over to a different one because I also want to talk about Pau. Excuse me? Pau. Paulo? Pau. Okay. Is a conselho oh. of Capiverde. Oh. I get a Cape Verde. It's not Paulo? It's Pau. Okay, okay, okay. We're, we're getting the Portuguese weeds here. We are. It's not, well, yeah, sort of. It covers all of the valley named the Valle do Paul, situated in the northeastern part of the island of Santo Antão. Okay. It covers 7% of the island area and is home to 16% of its population. Okay. The majority is rural. Its capital is the town Pombas. Bombas? Pombas. 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 So we're talking about Capivergi here. Okay. Based on latitude. I think they say like Capivergi. I don't know what they say. It's in Brazil, point. though, it's Capivergi. Based on latitude, which is farther north, Honolulu, Hawaii, or Pau, Capiverti? Oh, my God. A little bit of geographia for you. Okay. 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 This is a tough one. Now, as I said, I've been to Hawaii. I've been to Honolulu. I've never been to anywhere in Cape Verde. <laughs> However. How that's supposed to help you answer I like the way I you're talking through it, though. Do believe that the Cape Verde address is farther north than the Honolulu one? I'm really sorry to tell you. Damn it! It's reversed. Damn it! Honolulu is about 21 degrees north. Paul is only 17. Alas. That's like not that much though, right? It's not that much. Or is it? It's, like <laughs> is that actually like 10,000 miles? I don't know. I mean, by my count, that's about 4. <laughs> okay, it's it's 4. Mm-hmm. It's 4 north. That's right. Great. Final question, and then we can let our sweet listeners go to bed. <laughs> okay. 
there was a famous Paul. He was an octopus. Yes, Pulpo Paul. Uh, birth date, 26 January 2008. Death date, 26 October 2010. A lot. Wow, that's that's a lot. That's that's. I mean, that's a little. According to Wikipedia, he was a common octopus, which seems like kind of a slam. Ouch. But was actually his uh, species, which was purportedly used to predict the results of association football matches. Yes. He was sometimes called an animal oracle. During divinations, Paul's keeper would present him with two boxes Mm -hmm. containing food. The boxes were identical, except that they were decorated with the different team flags of the competitors in an upcoming football match. Right. Whichever box Paul ate from, shut up, first, was considered his prediction for which team would win the match. Paul was 12 out of 14 for the tournament, Uh including a correct prediction for the final match. You and I watched that match. Uh Uh-huh. Who won the 2010 World Cup in Johannesburg? I believe it was the Netherlands. Absolutely incorrect. Oh, it was Spain? Spain won 1-0 over Fuck! the Netherlands. I remember it was the Netherlands versus Spain. We watched it in a Mexican restaurant. Everyone was rooting for Spain. And for some reason, I thought the Netherlands won. But it was Pulpo Paul. He knew it was Spain. Your total score? One out of five. Wow, I see. Sucked ass on that one. No, that's not true. You got two. You got two. I got two. I get, you got two. I got Puff the Magic Dragon and Romania and Romania. Great. <laughs> two great tastes that taste great together. You got your Puff in my Romania. <laughs> we got to rate the book and then we're out. How would you rate this book, my dear? You know what? Uh, it's I been do a while. know what. It's been a while since we talked about it, but. I think I'm going to give this book six out of 16 Shields of Faith. All right. Um, You know, the first half, pretty blando. Just a lot of glad handing and talking up that. Kissing infants that are tossing in the waves. That's right. Kissing those salty babies. <laughs> salty babies of the sea. <laughs> um, And then the back half has just, it's like just a, you know, a, a nice tour through all of the unpleasant parts of the Pauline uh, epistles. I... I'm going to push back on that a little. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it 0.5 out of one bodies in Christ. Okay. Um, But I think that it actually eliminated a lot of the most unpleasant parts of, hmm. of genuine Pauline epistles. Okay. Um, Because there was no like losing your mind and like power struggles and shit. Mm. Um, I mean, definitely I don't approve of being like... No sexual immorality, no drinking, no cussing. I mean, obviously, that's the three. That's the holy trinity of this show. But um, it didn't have like all this just ridiculous shit that's like, well, if you heard something from someone else, don't like listen to them because I am the best, mm. even though I didn't meet Jesus. But I'm still the best because like he appeared to me in a revelation. That's a good point. It does cut out. The worst parts of the of the personal Paul, yeah, his paranoia and his whining, yeah, yeah, um, but preserves the nice stuff that's like you know, uh, love and uh, forgiveness. Yeah, and, I like all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's but it's great. very general in this text. It's not like specific. Um, I agree, but I have to say, like, so growing up Christian. Mm-hmm. Most no, you're going to pull the fucking Christian card on me again. <laughs> Most of the Bible verses you learn are like from the New Testament. Some are from the Gospels, but like I would say I think like most were from the Pauline epistles. 
And they're all like stuff like this, like don't lie and, and be kind to each other and, you know, stuff like that. And you don't realize, I didn't realize at least, I was like shocked to read a lot of these epistles that it's like 2% love one another mm-hmm. and 98% freaking out about circumcision. Mm-hmm. And so this one was nice because it was just regular stuff like uh be nice and love each other and forgive each other uh nothing about weird Inter- psychosexual Nasine struggles or yeah. anything like that yeah yeah <laughs> uh nobody hates his own body there was nothing about you know Paul hating his own dick cuz he got circumcised yeah. whatever <laughs> uh it was just like regular stuff i, I don't agree with like half that stuff, which is why I gave it 0.5 out of one. Gets 50% for just being regular Bible stuff. Yeah. It's just regular Bible stuff. Fair enough. I think we've come to a, an agreeable compromise. All right. And that means it's time to move on to Mr. Mailbag. Mailbag. Mr. Mailbag. Mr. Mail. Our listener, Helen Mary, wrote in with some very kind words about the show, uh, describing us as a perfect midpoint between the dumb comedy and serious learning time shows that she listens to, which is exactly what we're going for. Good. That's perfect. (laughs) Um, Her favorite parts of the show are when I, Lauren, am suddenly obviously a little tipsy. That was Mm. kind of her to say a little tipsy instead of uh, totally trashed. And... uh, B, when you discuss books you've been reading, like one of Bart Ehrman's 10,385 publications. Uh, On that subject, she asks if we have a list of book recommendations anywhere. Um, No, not really. Anything by Bart Ehrman, definitely. Um, Saint Bart. Saint Saint Bart. I also just finished uh, Take This Bread by Sarah Miles, um, which I would recommend. Um, It was recommended to me by listener and friend of the show, Cameron, and I would... I would definitely advise anyone to read that. It's about a uh, lesbian atheist who walked into an Episcopal church in San Francisco and suddenly became a Christian. And she has a really unique view on Christianity and what it means. And it's mainly about giving poor people food. Hmm. Uh, Helen Mary also sent us pictures of some pet rats named Ajax, Paris, and Ulysses. And uh, she says she's hoping for blessings because they're very good boys, live short lives, and are disliked by enough people that they need all the blessings they can get. Um, she also says they're very cat-like in how they sleep, groom, and move their bodies so that you scratch them exactly how they want it. But that's, I mean, that would be evidence in the curse column. But we're going to bless them because I think we blessed a rat before. I think so. And we never go against precedent. Yeah, even though we've like blessed and cursed a horse, but whatever. Keep going. Just pretend I didn't say anything. Go. Our listener Shasta wrote in to let us know that she listens to our show in Scotland, Edinburgh specifically, while working on rocks. Rocks? From Antarctica? Antarctica? Adding to the list of strange things that people do while listening to the show. Yes. Farming Mm -hmm. and Antarctican rocks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's it's sad that I'm so disconnected from the food supply chain that I think farming is weird. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It really is. But that's a subject for a different podcast. Because Shasta says, what I enjoy best about listening to your podcast is the fact that I now know more about the Bible and its context than my husband, also named Nico, but spelled differently. He and I must battle. Spelled with a C instead of a K. Who is a recovering Catholic. I love being able to best him at trivia on something he grew up with. Oh, snap. (laughs) Providing ammo for your marital disputes is all we could ever hope for. 
She describes uh, growing up without religion, but feeling a little left out when it came to all the Bible stuff, uh, a feeling that I sympathize with. She mm-hmm. also mentioned in the letter getting like a bad grade in English class because she didn't get all the biblical allusions. Oh. Also something I sympathize with. Do you with. remember we were in our English class in junior year of high school together? Okay. And like we read Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. And then every time our teacher would be like, hmm, what is this reference to? And I would be like, um, I know. <laughs> it's the Bible. <laughs> that sounds like you. You don't remember that, though. I mean, not in specific. No. Okay, good. That's probably for the best <laughs> for our relationship. According to her, this was exactly what she needed to not only understand the basics, but actually eagerly look forward to reading the Bible each week. Quote unquote, reading the Bible. Well, we read it for her. I would say so. She also asks for a blessing for a wonderful 11-year-old dog named Kasha, who had to leave her doggy cousins, Shyla and Bailey, back in the States when she went with her family to Scotland, as well as leaving behind Shasta's parents, desert tortoises? Desert tortoises. Which sounds like a fun animal. Um, I mean, depending on your definition of fun. They know how to party. Uh, Our listener Stephanie wrote in to say that she liked the recent uh, apocryphal gospel episodes which generated some great conversation between her and a friend about how much they would love a movie about swole baby mary's early years wouldn't we all wouldn't we all option rights are available or a horror movie style tale about young jesus being a spooky vindictive child going about withering various people now that will step on some copyright problems (laughs) but that's okay uh she also shared some delightful stories about growing up an atheist with Christian friends, um, apparently they were always aiming to convert other people and part of their strategy would involve inviting people to an event that turned out to be something church related. I learned to stop accepting invitations from these friends because a pizza night was never just a pizza night. And to read more about that, you'll have to buy her memoir. I think that we should do a reverse of this and we should like go to churches and be like, Hey, we're having a church pizza night. And then they come and we'd be like, play our fucking blasphemous podcast for them. I think they would be disappointed in more ways than one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, would there be pizza? I mean, if there's pizza, then it's a pizza night. Well, no, it's no hard. matter what else is happening. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to like fault any event that has pizza. I agree. But in any case, and we that's, have. That's because we're red blooded Americans, okay? <laughs> I don't want to hear about it from any of you other people out any there. Any of you. Coastal liberal elites. (laughs) What we're here to do is to bless some dogs and rats named Ajax, Paris, Ulysses, Kasha, Shyla, and Bailey. And this blessing also goes out to some desert tortoises. Although I'm sad to say that it'll only be half power because we don't have those tortoises' names. That's simply the way it works, people. the blessing. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You're good boys. <laughs> and girls. Mm-hmm. Please. And girls. That will do it for our show tonight. Thank you to Nico Bakulich, this handsome boy sitting right in front of me, for his sound editing and engineering and music skills. And also thank you to Elise Carlton for our beautiful logo. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Lauren E. O'Neill. You can follow her on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. That's me. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Sunschool Drop. And on Facebook, same URL, 
or just search for Sunday School Dropouts. If you have messages you want to send to us, including dogs or cats, to bless or curse or anything else, you can reach us at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. That's L-O-L, not com. Uh, if you want to find Nico's music, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Nico Bakulich. That's N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. Thank you, baby. Uh, I, want to thank- I learned your song for you, baby. I appreciate that. If, I want to thank Elise Carlton, as always, for our logo and original that, art. But Good. that's fine. We should thank her twice. Yeah. Happy birthday, Elise. We will be back next week with more Bibble Talk. We do it all the different ways. And all the different styles. And we're proud of you for sticking with it. Yeah, because it may require some some gumption. Mm-hmm. And our listeners have it in spades. And we'll see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye. Bye.